The Bible Study Podcast, episode 240. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of 1 Samuel with chapter 20. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. Where we are, you may recall, in the book of 1 Samuel, David is fleeing from Saul. Saul is jealous of David, and he has reason to be, because David is going to become king. And Saul doesn't want to just let that go away. Now, Saul doesn't know that for sure, but he's pretty sure at this point that David is plotting against him. David is not plotting against him, and at least two of his children have tried to tell him that already. Both Jonathan, David's good friend, as well as Michael, David's wife. And again, in this particular chapter, we see the relationship of David and Jonathan. And I do want to point out again that Jonathan is doing all that he is doing for love of David and very selflessly, because if David really is going to replace his father as king, which his father thinks is the case, then Jonathan will not become king. David and Jonathan, 1 Samuel 20. Then David fled from Naioth at Ramah and went to Jonathan and asked, What have I done? What is my crime? How have I wronged your father that he is trying to kill me? Never, Jonathan replied, you are not going to die. Look, my father doesn't do anything, great or small, without letting me know. Why would he hide this from me? It isn't so. But David took an oath and said, Your father knows very well that I have found favor in your eyes. And he has said to himself, Jonathan must know this, or he will be grieved. Yet as surely as the Lord lives and you live, there is only a step between me and death. Jonathan said to David, whatever you want me to do, I'll do for you. So David said, look tomorrow at the new moon festival. I'm supposed to dine with the king, but let me go and hide in the field until the evening of the day after tomorrow. If your father misses me at all, tell him David earnestly asked my permission to hurry to Bethlehem, his hometown, because an annual sacrifice is being made there for his whole clan. If he says very well, then your servant is safe. But if he loses his temper, you can be sure that he is determined to harm me. As for you, show kindness to your servant, for you have brought him into a covenant with you before the Lord. If I am guilty, then kill me yourself. Why hand me over to your father? Never, Jonathan said, if I had the least inkling that my father was determined to harm you, wouldn't I tell you? David asked, who will tell me if your father answers you harshly? Come, Jonathan said, let's go out into the field. So they went there together. Then Jonathan said to David, I swear by the Lord, the God of Israel, that I will surely sound out my father by this time, the day after tomorrow. If he is favorably disposed towards you, will I not send you word and let you know? But if my father intends to harm you, may the Lord deal with Jonathan, be it ever so severely, if I do not let you know and send you away in peace. May the Lord be with you as he has been with my father. But show me an unfailing kindness like the Lord's kindness as long as I live, so that I may not be killed. And do not ever cut off your kindness from my family, not even when the Lord has cut off every one of David's enemies from the face of the earth. Now that's an interesting thing. So David is trying to convince Jonathan his father is trying to kill him. And Jonathan, at this point, it doesn't sound like he believes him. But Jonathan has gotten enough knowledge already that David is going to be the king, it sounds like, from this last paragraph. And so he says, I will deal with you faithfully, but remember me after you have become king, basically. Deal with my family and me mercifully, with kindness. Don't cut off your kindness from my family. 
even when the Lord has cut off every one of David's enemies. And so Jonathan sees which way the wind is blowing, but instead of fighting the way that God is intending to work, Jonathan just asks for If I'm the one who is supposed to be the king, if I would be normally your rival, treat me with kindness because I'm doing what I believe the Lord requires, which is to keep you safe. So Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David saying, may the Lord call David's enemies to account. And Jonathan had David reaffirm his oath out of love for him because he loved him as he loved himself. Then Jonathan said to David, tomorrow is the new moon feast. You will be missed because your seat will be empty. The day after tomorrow toward evening, go to the place where you hid when this trouble began and wait by the stone Azel. I will shoot three arrows to the side of it as though I were shooting at a target. Then I will send a boy and say, go find the arrows. If I say to him, look, the arrows are on this side, bring them here, then come, because as surely as the Lord lives, you are safe. There is no danger. But if I say to the boy, look, the arrows are beyond you, then you must go because the Lord has sent you away. And about the matter you and I discussed, remember, the Lord is witness between you and me forever. And so David and Jonathan form a pact. Jonathan will find out whether or not there's truth in what David's saying, whether Saul is trying to kill David, and then he will get him word with this secret message they basically have, where to send the boy to look for the arrows. This is going to be David's signal whether to come in or whether to go away, whether he is safe to come and be with Saul. So David hid in the field when the new moon feast came. The king sat down to eat. He sat in his customary place by the wall opposite Jonathan, and Abner sat next to Saul, but David's place was empty. Saul said nothing that day, for he thought something must have happened to David to make him ceremonially unclean. Surely he is unclean. But the next day, the second of the month, David's place was again empty. Then Saul said to his son Jonathan, Why hasn't the son of Jesse come to the meal either yesterday or today? Jonathan answered, David earnestly asked me for permission to go to Bethlehem. He said, let me go because our family is observing a sacrifice in the town and my brother has ordered me to be there. If I have found favor in your eyes, let me get away to see my brothers. That is why he has not come to the king's table. Saul's anger flared up at Jonathan and he said to him, you son of a perverse and rebellious woman. Don't I know that you have sided with the son of Jesse to your own shame and to the shame of the mother who bore you? As long as the son of Jesse lives on this earth, neither you nor your kingdom will be established. Now send someone to bring him to me, for he must die. Why should he be put to death? What has he done? Jonathan asked his father. But Saul hurled his spear at him to kill him. Then Jonathan knew that his father intended to kill David. So not only has Saul now thrown his spear at David three times, he's now thrown one at Jonathan for siding with David. And again, as Saul points out, if David becomes king, if David lives, you won't become king. How is it that you are plotting with David against me, is what Saul is saying. But why is it? Jonathan is doing what he is doing because he thinks it's the right thing. The Bible speaks so highly of Jonathan here when it shows the motives for Jonathan's behavior is love for David and love for God. It is not an easy thing to speak truth to power. It is not an easy thing to do the right thing when your father himself wants you to do the wrong thing. It is not an easy thing to do the right thing when the king wants you to do the wrong thing. It is not an easy thing to do the right thing when your father is the king who wants you to do the wrong thing. But David is doing what he's doing because it's right. 
Jonathan gets up from the table in fierce anger. On that second day of the feast, he did not eat because he was grieved at his father's shameful treatment of David. In the morning, Jonathan went out to the field for his meeting with David. He had a small boy with him, and he said to the boy, Run and find the arrows I shoot. As the boy ran, he shot an arrow beyond him. When the boy came to the place where Jonathan's arrow had fallen, Jonathan called out to him, Isn't the arrow beyond you? Then he shouted, Hurry, go quickly, don't stop. The boy picked up the arrow and returned to his master. The boy knew nothing about all this, only Jonathan and David knew. Then Jonathan gave his weapons to the boy and said, Go, carry them back to town. After the boy had gone, David got up from the south side of the stone and bowed before Jonathan three times, with his face to the ground. Then they kissed each other and wept together, but David wept the most. Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, for we have sworn friendship with each other in the name of the Lord, saying, The Lord is witness between you and me, and between your descendants and my descendants forever. Then David left, and Jonathan went back to town. Think about this man young man who is doing everything he is doing in spite of his own interest. His selfish interest would cause him at this point to shoot the arrows at David instead of shooting the arrows and telling David to flee. He is not a selfish person. He is a person who understands that what his father is doing, while motivated by self-interest, is shameful. He is motivated by doing the right thing. He has sworn an oath to David in the name of the Lord, and that is important to him. This world would be a better place if there were more Jonathans. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com or send me an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And we're from Salty Saints Podcast. We're a theology and apologetics podcast. We hope to better equip you to be salt and light for your community. Uh, We hope that we can help you to go out and be a reflection of Jesus Christ to those around you, uh, to your friends and your family, and especially to those that do not know Christ. To find out more, subscribe at lifeaudio.com.